0: This is Doree Allen Nieves, and you are listening to Chasing Dreams with Amy J. Welcome to Chasing Dreams with Amy J. The time is now to chase your dreams and find happiness. To help you on your chase, here's Amy J.
1: Hey, Dream Chasers, thank you so much for tuning in to episode 254 of Chasing Dreams. I'm Amy J, your host, and I am so excited to have you here. I have a friend back from the past, from 2017, My friend, Doree Allen Nieves. She is back on the show. She was on episode 77 back in February 2017. And I wanted to check in. It's been five years. It's time to see how she's doing. And I think you guys will enjoy the lessons. If you keep an open mind to the nuggets of wisdom she's about to share. Check it out. Deree, I am so glad that you were able to come on. And as of this recording, essentially, like a few days off, I think we're like seven days off, five years from the day your first episode aired.
0: That is wild. Yep. Five years. Five years goes by fast, don't it? (laughs) Keep in
1: mind, the pandemic is in there, too, so (laughs) you didn't really go by.
0: Let's not, let's not claim five years of a pandemic, but a regular five years. <laughs> by yes. Fast.
1: My calendar years have passed and I wanted to have you back on because you know, you have been doing some, no, I don't want to say wild stuff, but you have been doing a wide variety of things in your life. And, um, I think you described yourself as multi-passionate and I was like, that's probably accurate probably accurate but before we get into that i want to catch these guys up it's been five years how are you
0: i am doing great we are here let's all remember that there's a lot of people that aren't here anymore that were here five years ago and they're not or they were here last year and they're not here anymore even in february so i will start with that i'm here and i'm blessed i'm happy to be here i'm happy to see you I wish I could hug you, but I know, you know, how things are. So it's a virtual hug, but um, I'm doing great. And you're right. A lot, a lot has happened in a way it goes by fast. I think it's a perspective. You know what I mean? Sometimes if you, you know, aren't enjoying life so much, it's going to go a lot slower. It's going to drag out, you know, but if you have a zest for life, if you look forward to things, if you enjoy what you do, then that changes it a little bit. And, you know, Looking around at your kids or your nieces and nephews growing up, that also lets you know that time is flying and it waits for no one. So I can't complain.
1: I mean, the kids growing up, what an indicator, right? Where you're like, when did they go from my ankle to to my knee to where they (laughs) they are right now? I'm like blinking and it's Mm -hmm.
0: happening. And there's nothing like a good old Christmas card, a photo Christmas (laughs) card to let you know okay, I'm old.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And you look back at it, right? So I guess one of the questions I have for you is looking back on five years, what is one thing you're happy that has changed for you?
0: One of the things that I'm happy has changed is just that I am allowing myself to do things or not do them and be okay with it you know, and I was kidding a second ago about being old, but I am older. We all are older after five years. And I have this like perfectionist mindset. That's kind of like, you know, you do this, you make sure it's excellent and it's perfect. And you, you finish everything you start and, you know, and, and that's a good thing to do. That's not wrong. But like I was kind of rigid and really hard on myself about like, you know, I got to get these things done. Like, even if you think about like podcasting Mm -hmm. something that a lot of people have jumped on in the past five years, we were already doing it. You and I have been doing it and it's like, can I miss an episode? Or can I, can I miss a week posting or can I, you know what I mean? It's like, there's so much pressure Mm -hmm. and, and, and this hustle culture and this proving mentality to just go, go, go and always do things and push out this content constantly. And it's okay. I've come to a place and you can do this at any age. I've come to a place where I'm kind of like, you know what? I'm okay with maybe starting something and saying, nah, I don't want to do that anymore. Or I'm going to put that aside and I'm not going to beat myself up about it, not finishing it. And that's not to say that certain people or certain situations don't require or beg for accountability because obviously some do. There's other places in my life where maybe I do need that accountability. I do need somebody to check me and, you know, make sure I'm on track, but there's some other things where I'm kind of like allowing myself to slowly loosen the reins and be like, you know what, this doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to finish everything you start. You don't have to do all the things that you see, you know, information overload and sensory overload. It's like, Just because you can do something doesn't mean that you necessarily should. You don't have to do all the things. You don't have to keep up with the Joneses or the Kardashians or any other last name. You know what I mean? And I'm just one person. So I'm just going to keep it right there. I could probably go on for another 10 minutes about that, but I'm just going to keep that right there.
1: (laughs) I I just got to play that. Right (laughs) on point. Oh, my gosh. People's mental health, I think, has suffered because of this hustle culture because of how much glorification has been made of hustling right and the fact that you have to do everything perfectly and that you have to you know if you don't post on instagram and facebook and twitter if you don't email your list once every day if you don't email your list once a week this is the only way for you to succeed. And if you don't do it, don't call yourself an entrepreneur. There is no one way to do it. And it's like, Whoa, that's, that's intense. Right. And how quickly people mark themselves as failures because they miss or will wear themselves out because they have to do it. And I think, you know, the fact that you and I hustle, but we do it in a different way, right? We're doing that thing that people don't like to do. They're like, you're not really a hustler because y'all have day jobs.
0: Day jobs.
1: What? That's right. We said it. We got jobs and it's, it's crazy because I think, you know, I, my day job allows me to take care of my family. My day job allows me to, you know, have insurance. My day job allows me to have these passions that I have outside. And so what do you think about the fact that you, you're not just doing a day job, like you do a lot of things. What is your mindset on that?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, Sometimes certain circles, groups, whatever could make you feel or want, maybe want to make you feel like you're not a legit entrepreneur unless you do it full time. And my hats off and my respect go to everyone who's a full time entrepreneur. Don't get it twisted. I know it is not a little small thing to go out on your own and not have a safety net and all that. However, it doesn't mean that the things that I choose to do in my entrepreneurship are any less than, you know, I'm like learning new skills and stuff. So like one of the things I noticed y'all, Amy does this wonderful, beautiful, like start of the year letter to everyone. And one of the things that she mentioned was a new job that she got last year. Well, I got a new job last year at the same place. So we're like, we're coworkers and we didn't even know it. (laughs) And so in that, I say, like, I actually, prior to getting that job, I was in the same place for 22 years Now, I wasn't physically in the same place. I wasn't like working in the same building. I actually worked from home most of that time. Um, and I moved around in different cities, but it's like, um, that whole two decades, I wasn't just, and this is not wrong. I'm just telling my story, um, Those two decades, I wasn't just doing that work, which was writing work. Um, I also, I I learned a podcast during that time. I learned voiceover in in that time. Um, I I got certified as a life coach during that time. I did lots of different things. I did a lot of speaking engagements. Author. Oh, yeah. Author. Yeah. I forget some of them. There's so many. I I forget them all. I'm going to tell them for you. (laughs) Author. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like that was but that was a thing that I had to prove Mm -hmm. when it was time to get the new job, because it's like, ma'am, this is nice that you have these writing skills and your resume is nice. Your portfolio is nice. But what have you been doing? Are you a one trick pony? Do you know how to do anything else? Do you have you been in prison for two years and not realized all the technological uh, (laughs) things that have happened uh, since the 90s? Uh, Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, person. I do because of all the things that I just said. So even if you're not doing all these side hustles or whatever, like either way, it's fine. It's okay to make your money how you want to make it, having fun, using skills and talents, learning new things. And as I just mentioned, like starting something and deciding "Eh, that's not for me and just moving on from it. So, yeah, I like enjoy everything that I do, all the titles, all the things and being multi-passionate to me, that's a word that I heard some other people say and make it up. I think that it's more common than people want to say, like usually that first bit of advice you get as an entrepreneur, somewhere in there, somebody's going to tell you, listen, focus, focus on one thing, do it really, really well. And then if you want, maybe you could branch out to other things. And that usually is a successful kind of thing. So I don't disagree with that logic. And that's what I've done. I try not to overwhelm people when I meet them and be like, yeah, I'm an author. I'm a speaker. I'm a, because they're going to glaze over. And I would, if they did that to me, I would too. So I try to be relevant to, you know, yeah, who I'm talking to, but you know. We all have lots of hobbies and interests. All of us do.
1: It's, it's interesting. Cause I think when you say hobbies and interests, people think also that if you have a passion, you automatically have to be an entrepreneur for it. Mm-hmm. Right. If I, if I love comic books, I need to find a way to make money from that. Why, why? You don't have to do that guys. You can enjoy something and let it just be a hobby you can enjoy something and just let it be. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think the one thing that you said that I I really wanna hone in on was try different things. I don't think people do that enough, right? I mean, what is something that you've tried and decided it wasn't for you, but didn't regret?
0: (laughs) Just broadly speaking, Mm -hmm. really broadly speaking, not even really entrepreneurship, watching small children Mm -hmm. at church. (laughs) It's <laughs> not for me, you know, uh, probably any setting, but that is a place of, I actually haven't been to church since the pandemic. Honestly, I've like been watching it on my screen, but before that, like I learned pretty quickly that I just do not have the patience for small kids. And I was told back in the day before I became a mom, I was told, oh, it's going to be different when you have kids, you'll find the patience. You'll be a different person didn't happen. To me, saying- it did not happen. <laughs> my, the, the girl that came out of my body gets on my freaking nerves. Okay. I love her. I don't regret her, but she gets on my nerves sometimes. And I don't have any more patience with her than I do other people's kids. I really don't. I don't have the favoritism there. It's just, you know, one of my weak spots. People are like, okay, well, you know, talking about jobs and interviewing. You know, what are your some of your strengths and weaknesses? My weakness is that I'm impatient. I just want people to do what they're supposed to do. I told you to do something or you told me to do something. I did it. I don't want to be babysitting. And that's one of the reasons that I don't want to be a manager, by the way. I do not want to go around telling grown adults what they need to be doing. But as a sidebar.
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. We're going to hold on to that for a second because what you just said, I don't want to be a manager. Some people will say that's crazy talk. What do you mean you don't want to be a manager? That's what else would you do? And people can't accept that. Like there are different schools of thought guys that is allowed. There are people with different mindsets and mentalities and that's fine. Not everyone wants to be a manager. Not everyone wants to be a leader. Not everyone as Doree said, should be just because you can, doesn't mean you should. And so Mm -hmm. when you, when you, do you find pushback? When people ask, do you want to be a manager or or kind of escal- elevate yourself? You know what I mean?
0: Some people, you know, and I don't know that they're listening to this podcast because I think a lot of people that listen to you understand the whole entrepreneurship journey. But there are still a lot of people that don't. And they're just like, you got it. You're not going to be secure unless you actually have a J-O-B. Mm. And I just think that people that have that school of thought often believe that this is the path. You do this and then you do this and then you do this. And if you want to be promoted and you want to climb up the ladder, this whole individual contributor thing, eh, that's nice, but that's for people that are, I don't know, lazy or something. I don't know what they're thinking uh, because obviously ICs are not lazy, but when they have that mentality, they're like, this is the path to do this thing and you got to do these things, boom, boom, boom. And then you'll be successful and you will make more money and more money and more money and more money. And, you know, I think that you can make money whatever level you want to or not. You can be a hobbyist and not make money off of something and you can go the other way with it or you can be in the middle. And so for me, occasionally I've heard pushback, but, you know, most people, when I tell them that I don't want to go around telling adults what to do, which I know it's more to it than that. But when I put it that way, they're like, oh yeah, I know what you're saying. Another big reason that I personally don't want to manage, Mm -hmm. and by the way, I have the right to change my mind, but I've been feeling this way for a long time, probably won't. (laughs) I also don't want to sit in meetings for six hours a day or or eight hours or however long, because managers usually work more than eight hours. So yeah, I don't want to be in meetings for eight hours a day, every day i'm good
1: and that is okay like like for everybody listening that is totally fine it's how she feels and she has the right to change her mind that's <laughs> I think that's the part that people don't realize is you can change your mind how you felt five years ago can be different from how you feel today and mm-hmm. i th- i think people struggle with that because we talked about this a little bit uh off off the record but i think there are so many times that society and culture, workplace culture in particular defines what the path is and say, Hey, this is what normal, this is what's normal. This is what you should be doing. This is the, like you said, ABC, do this, 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 and that's how you will find success when it's like, well, how do you know? My success definition is different from someone else's success def- definition. And I think we put too much credence into, I'm not trying to cause a riot or start some kind of like thing. Amy is starting a siege and She's overtaking the, the country. No, no, please calm down, everyone. But I think that, um, we put so much faith in traditions and societal norms and stereotypes, some which are worthwhile having. But I think we focus on it so much, we don't think about the alternative possibilities, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's it's a, it's a problem when you try to tell people like this is how you should live your life or or how you should do things. Staying on the work portion for a quick second, yeah. I would say that this is manifested greatly right now when yeah. it comes to working from home. A lot of people were not used to working from home. I have been working from home for 17 years. Mm. So whatever is going on with remote, I know about it. However, A lot of people didn't get hip to this until about two years ago. And so it's like now, supposedly, you know, if we can get through these variants, supposedly people are going back to work, at least in corporate America, who weren't. And so I find it very interesting that so many corporations are making people go back to work when, A, they were productive at home and they were fine with it. Mm -hmm. And B, their position and their roles and duties will not suffer from not going to the workplace and being around other people. Now, of course, there are some jobs where you have to actually go in and that makes total sense. Obviously, being a receptionist someplace, you're probably going to be in person. You know what I mean? You're going to have to greet people or whatever. But for a lot of us, what I'm really talking about are people that were doing the work at home, they were productive. Mm-hmm. Maybe they were handling family obligations and things like that. There were a lot of things that have happened since the last time you interviewed me where it was very important that I worked from home. At first it started off and I was like, this is great and I have flexibility and I love it. And this is conducive to my lifestyle and my personality. But then certain things changed with my family where I had to become a caregiver for a while. Mm-hmm. My spouse was really, really ill. He had a lot of doctor's appointments, things like that. And me working in an office would not have worked at all. It would have not been a thing. So there was no point in me even trying to look for a job when, you know, that that year or two where he was sick. And then he eventually passed away. And so it's like, of course, the pandemic had not happened yet. And a lot of people are still working in the office. But I think employers need to think about, There's different family situations. If your employee has been productive, if they've been doing what they're supposed to do, attending whatever meetings, getting things done, don't make them go back to work if they don't want to or if they're not comfortable or a a myriad of other reasons. Don't make them. Give them an option. We have to realize that just because we have a little bit of normalcy now in 2022, we're never going back to 2019 ever, ever. I don't care if you're talking about school. I don't care what you're talking about. We're never going back to 2019 status. You've learned. So these companies, these, you know, I'm just going to say it, these old white men. Okay. They just got to get with the program. Okay. We're not having it. And guess what? The generations after us, Amy, are definitely not having it. They're not just going to do things because it's what you're supposed to do, or yeah. it's what we've always done.
1: We've learned, right? I mean, in two years for, for how many years before that we were told you have to be the only way for this business to operate is if you are here in this brick building nine to five and the pandemic has shown us that's not the case because a lot of y'all had to pivot when you were forced to pivot and you made it work. And so now to your point, a lot of people are forcing their employees to come back and that's sad i mean I'm, I'm blessed enough to be able to work remotely right so yay me but i still feel for those who have to go back when it's been proven for two years plus that you don't have to now coming in on occasion i get that i get it right but but i think that's it goes to show that we've been so focused on one way of thinking we're not mm-hmm. seeing the other options or, or possibilities around us and i think that's what people miss especially in work, but also in your personal life. I think mm-hmm. people think that there's only one way and you know, I've, I've said it before. I'm going to say it one more time. There is no recipe or one formula to life. There's not, you do not have to get married by 30. You do not have to have kids by, by 35. You do not even have to have kids if you don't want them. And if you want to have kids, you do not o- The only option isn't natural birth, foster care, adoption,
0: that's right.
1: To say it, pets, mm-hmm. and I—I just, I just think people limit themselves because this is what previous generations have told us and taught mm-hmm. us, for good or for bad, never with mal intent. I think it's just, you know, especially parents—they want the best for you, and they think it's the only way. And that's why I want to say this because I think generationally, we have to put a stop to that, mm-hmm. or help with that. I mean, for you and your daughter. How do you help her as she's navigating her future? Do you give her advice and stuff?
0: Of course. Um, My daughter is 18 and a half. I think that they stopped doing the half thing after a while, but (laughs) when they're little, they do. I'm just going to give it to her. She's 18 and a half and she's in her first year of college Mm. and she's doing really well. She's actually only about an hour and change from the house. She's not that far away, but she's not here. So I do miss her. And sometimes we'll FaceTime or whatever. But when we talk, I talk to her about, you know, a lot of things that I talk to her about is not really about school. Mm. It's about things like she has one roommate and two other suite mates. So I talked to her about, you know, friendships and and other girls and stuff. And I talked to her about finances, things that are actually going to matter past college. You know, obviously her studies are very important. She's a biology major. She can't play around, but that is not her weakness. And so I don't have to like go over her. I have to still go to her like to make her bed, but I don't have to go to her for, you know, doing her schoolwork and, and studying for tests. Right. So when I talked to her about finances, um, you know, we had a conversation when she was here in January before the break ended. And I talked to her, she said, I want to get a credit card. And I'm just like, okay, you're probably gonna need to use a credit card and this is a fine time to get one. And I thought back to when I was first in college for the first year and I had a Citibank Visa card. Amy, the credit limit was $500. And when I say that, it's like, okay, it's $500. No, I was 18 and I had a free $500. You
1: could have said 5,000. Right.
0: I blew it up. Mm-hmm. But it took so long for me to pay it back. I would I had a job, I was going to college and I had a job where I was making five dollars an hour. This was like, you know, 95, 96. I'm making $5 an hour. It took a while for me to pay off that 500 dollars and I had to learn quick. No one taught me about credit cards and compound interest. Now compound interest can work for you on the flip side when you're investing. But of course, that ain't what we're talking about right now. The credit cards are working against you. So I went through, talked to her about all that, broke it down for, you know, you can buy a shirt, you can go to Forever 21, buy you a nice little shirt. It's like $20 and then you don't pay for it for a while and it'll cost you $50, $60 extra because you just paid the minimum or whatever. Mm-hmm. Basic stuff. But like you said, a lot of the older generation or certain families, even not just the older generation, may not have taught us all these life skills. You know, Um, she also feels some disappointment sometimes. And I know I think everyone listening or watching us can relate to this is that sometimes there's certain friends or acquaintances that you find are wishy-washy you know, they don't follow through with things, you know, oh, we're going to go do this. And then you, you can't depend on them. And it's not just a girl thing, but this is something that she's been dealing with a lot with girls because she's not dating this time. And so it's like, that's, these are hard lessons that you've got to learn when you're young, or they'll just keep beating you in the head later, you know, thinking about you know, feelings of loneliness or unworthiness or, you know, how come, why aren't my friends actually like being my friends?
1: But these aren't conversations that weren't as commonplace for us growing up. Right. And and that's, I think, an amazing thing that you're doing. You're you're taking the lessons you had and you're like, you know what? Let's let's flip this. I wish somebody had had this conversation with me. I wish I could have been a sounding board, because I think Mm -hmm. what you said about life skills is so true. It's so Mm -hmm. true. People cut their teeth in college with learning life skills in a hard and dangerous way sometimes with, with how it is and what they are. And there's, there's one observation I had, I want to get your thoughts on it, that I think people in their twenties, late teens, I think this does them in it's an observation I've had, which is your, and, and people don't realize it, but arrogance is what, drives the drives it home your arrogance that this won't affect me i can handle it i will do better than the people who have been before me i got this that arrogance even though it's not called arrogance it's in your head right i remember getting a credit card and thinking i got this i'm, I'm good i'm good i'll pay it off i'll do this i know better than everybody before me everybody who warned me about credit cards, everyone who said something about it. I got it. Arrogance. That is what I think is the killer of people in their late teens, 20s.
0: Yeah. And, you know, those who disregard people that are older and seasoned and experienced, Mm -hmm. it's going to be a problem. Now, don't get me wrong all of us are going to have to make our own mistakes with certain things, but yep. you know, how deep, you know, how, how hard do you want to fall? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Before you have to bounce back. Cause the harder the fall, the bigger, and longer it'll take to bounce back. Mm-hmm. And that's actually Amy, one of the reasons that I, when I wrote my first book that I mentioned earlier, it's called what's wrong with me. I actually, it's a memoir. I took different stories out of my journals cause I've been journaling since I was 12 and One of the reasons that I wrote it was to speak to my younger self and my daughter and the other girls that are out here dealing with issues with self-esteem and self-love and whatnot, toxic relationships and boundaries. But I also wanted to do it because I didn't really have, I can't think of like one single mentor that I had when I was growing up to ask these life things to. So I didn't have an older sister I had aunts, but they all live far away. Um, my, I had two grandmothers, but we weren't close Their Their personalities weren't the I'm baking cookies and I'm sitting here and talking to you and spending time with you type personality. It just wasn't. So I was like, let me write this book, which will kind of be somewhat of a guiding force and mentorship for anyone that picks it up, especially young people that pick it up and read it. And I think that when you talk about that arrogance with some of the younger generation, they just don't realize the wealth of wisdom that comes from this experience when you've Mm. lived more than two decades. Like the wealth of wisdom, like I wish, you know, I just mentioned my grandmothers didn't really talk to me. I am sure they had so many things that they could have taught me if they, you know, but they, but they didn't. And so, you know, that is something anyone that's listening, please do not disregard the elderly or the people that are older than you, that know better than you. Even if it's just people that are like five steps further in their journey than you are, you know what I'm saying? They don't even have to be older, but wisdom is not like just, hanging around, just like common sense. is just not hanging around. It's not common. So when you run into wisdom, sit with it, drink it, soak it in, like just keep it because it's rare to come by, you know, it's hard to come by.
1: a hundred percent. I mean, I think uh, it's spot on observation. I think that people don't, I think it's I know people are like, arrogance, you, I'm not arrogant. It's over self-confidence. It's it's there, right? And the fact that you fought me on the word arrogance is, is kind of telling. If you're listening, <laughs> just a heads up. you proving my point. the <laughs> proving the point with that. Uh, Dari. I wanted to ask you a question because you are now into voiceovers. You have an amazing VO voice. If y'all didn't play back that beginning, play back the drop that she made, that's a VO voice, all right? And so it's a new, one of your new passions, right? As someone who's multi-passionate, when people are trying to figure out what is their passion and how they're trying to figure that part out,
0: yeah.
1: one, how do you figure out what your passions are? Then how do you figure out how to go about it?
0: Mm-hmm. Now, if you're a nerd like me, you're going to take some surveys. Like there's these different like career inventory interest surveys and stuff. I like that kind of stuff, but I'm not, I'm not going to give you homework today. I'm just going to say, do this first. And and this is nothing new, really think about the things that bring you joy. You know, Amy was talking earlier about how you don't have to make money off of your hobbies and you don't, but you could start with thinking about your hobbies and what else do you like to do? Or what have you seen someone do on TV or at someone's house or something? And you thought that looked interesting. Because whenever I talk about VO, people are like, how did you get into that? Like, it's not like a common thing that you just like go to school and you you don't, and and you don't go to school. You don't go to college for that. You do training, but you don't go to college. So I would say, think about things that bring you joy and that you have fun doing, things that you've always wanted to learn about. Um maybe you've like put off stuff. Like you started doing something, you put it off. My sister um, decided that she wanted to get back into playing the flute and she just turned 40. Like it's never too late to go back and explore things. You know what I'm saying? And she actually, she talks about this on our podcast, but I'll just say real quick, when she got to her first lesson, which was virtual and she got on and the person that was teaching was like, okay, so you you got son, daughter, like what's going on? She's like, oh no, I don't have a kid, it's me. I'm the one that wants to learn flute. And she was like, oh my gosh, I've never had an adult student. So like, don't, but don't let things, just because it seems like maybe that ship has sailed or that you're too old or whatever. You're not too old to learn things. You're never too old to learn things and you're never too old to have fun and to be happy. So if nothing else, don't go into trying to discover your passion thinking, well, like this has got to work or I've got to make money off this, right? just go into it. Like, this is fun. Let me explore this some more. Let me see what other options are out there. You know, because again, we're not subscribing to the whole thing of there's only one way to do this. And there's only one path. So just be easy with it. And if you do decide that you want to try something or pursue something, be persistent long enough to give it a chance. The reason I say that is because I don't want to say be persistent and commit to it and never stop because I told you 20 minutes ago that I just gave myself permission not to finish things. But you also don't want to quit too early either. You want to give it a chance because when something is really fulfilling, usually it doesn't always come very smoothly. It doesn't necessarily have to be filled with strife and drama, but it doesn't necessarily come with no effort. You're going to have to do something. You're going to have to invest time watching videos or reading something or taking lessons or spending money, but do whatever you're going to do long enough to give it a chance. That could be a month. It could be six months, but don't just do something for a week and be like, oh no, this is crap. This is whack. I'm not doing this. And I, I, you know, I, I was stupid to even think that I would be good at this. Like, like, no, we're not going to talk like that. We're not going to, we're going to give it a chance and have fun. Okay, we're gonna have fun. Life is too short, have fun.
1: The interesting thing about that is I I can't emphasize it enough because I love swimming. I learned swimming at 39, 38, 39, something like that. And I first tried at the YMCA. So you have me at this age with, I think she was like 12, a 12 year old, being taught by a 17 year old volunteer lifeguard person who was teaching <laughs> and I'm like, well, this is all right. This is what it is, but I didn't really learn. And I was like, oh, this is, I'm just gonna, it wasn't meant for me, but then I found, I, I really wanted to learn. I'm trying to remember if I can remember the name of this, the swimming, oh, I can't remember it, but I found a private instructor who teaches a specific style of swimming and I went for six lessons. He taught me in six lessons. It was the best decision ever. And I love it. And I hate that the pandemic happened just as I learned it because now I can't find a pool to go to. <laughs> practice. But I have no doubt that I still know how to swim. And so the, the idea guys is you gotta keep trying. And if, if it's not working out, maybe it's where you are. Try someone different before mm-hmm. giving up necessarily. But to oh, yeah. that point, Dorit, how do you figure out what to do, right? For people who wanna go to med school and doctors, There's a, there's a set path, right? You got to get started by, you got to do all that stuff. That Mm -hmm. is a societal norm. That's good. Okay. You don't want anybody just cutting you up. So we like that, but then there are other Mm -hmm. things like these passions and stuff. How do you figure out for people who are listening? Like, I love to do this. What, I don't know how to do it though. What would you recommend to them?
0: Well, you know, you usually can't go wrong with YouTube university. I want to say that like. Anyone, of course, can make a video and put it anywhere. But I have—I just cannot. I'm just astounded every every day. I watch YouTube every day at the things that pop up in my recommendations. I'm like, why are they recommending this to me? I've never Mm -hmm. wanted to do that or try (laughs) woodworking. What? What? But it's like you can find almost anything on there. And so I would say that's a very low barrier to entry to jump on a place like youtube and look at people not just any old body but people that like seem to be real people that don't seem to like you know make up all those steps like you just said but people that just will talk to you like we are and let you know like this is my path it doesn't mean it's going to be your path but kind of give you ideas on some of the things you might have to do and what things are really like Another thing you can do if you I love my favorite social media right now is LinkedIn, even Mm. though it's like some people think it's very stuffy and boring. I really do like it because on LinkedIn, you don't necessarily have to know people if you want to. I mean, you could connect with whomever and they may or may not connect back, but you're going to be able to still see stuff with people that you're not connected to see posts and videos and things like that. And that is a business platform that is for networking. So it's not an odd thing to go to a stranger and ask them about certain things. And so whether it's LinkedIn or something else, what I'm getting at is like informational interviews, maybe a time. I don't like necessarily the thought or the phrase of picking your brain, even though it's kind of what it is. Um, So you have to be careful with this. Some people... We'll talk to you and, you know, it'll be fine. You can have the coffee, the lunch date, whatever. It'll be fine. And for other people, depending on what it is you want to know, you might have to pay. You know what I'm saying? Because time is valuable. I used to be the first way and now I'm the second way. So when some, it used to be when people, when I started, I I started to get into voiceover right after the last time that we spoke. So like March of 2017. And once I got good at it and I started to do commercials and do things where people could physically see or hear rather that I was doing stuff, then man, pop it in the DMs like crazy. That's a way to know that you actually might know something is if you put something out there and people are like, and they just drawn to it and they're in your DMs. They got into my DMs and I would like, Talk to them on the phone for a while, or we would Zoom. I would answer questions in the DMs in written form, whatever. And it got to be too much. Yeah. It got it got to be to the point where it was not too much as far as giving the information, and like I can't do it anymore. But it, as far as the amount of time and energy that I was giving off, and people were just being like normal, like um, I just want to know what this is like. How do you get into this? I've always wanted to do this. Okay. Everything we just talked about. So that's not a bad thing, but because they're just kind of dipping their toe in the water, they're not really sure what's what I'm using a lot more energy for someone that is nowhere near committed to wanting to do that thing. Same thing. When I first wrote my book, everybody was on me. Okay. I want to learn self-publishing. I want to write a book. How do you do that? I made an e-course. I did all this stuff. And that's usually what I end up doing is I'll either start coaching people or um, I will make an e-course and I'll say, listen, here's the e-course. I'll make YouTube yeah. videos and I'll be like, here's, here's some person. free videos. Yeah.
1: You're one person. I mean, it's, it's hard. And guys, just to be clear, I mean, nobody owes you an answer. So if they're helping you, it's out of the kindness of their heart. And if they're charging, there's a reason for that, right? Nobody owes you their time to answer questions. So keep that in mind also as you're doing it and just be tactful in how you ask. Mm-hmm. I, think I think that
0: there's, correct. there's usually free information mm-hmm. like all over the place and the things that aren't free nine times out of 10, there's a reason why that information is not free. There's a reason why there's a paywall. There's a reason why you've got to pay for that webinar or that, that coaching session. That's one-on-one instead of, you know, getting the cheaper price for the group coaching. You've got to think about all of the steps that that entrepreneur took to get to where they're at. I am by no means the best that ever did it. I've only been doing this for five years, but I'm good. And I spent a lot of time and money with training and stuff to get to this point. I didn't just say, I really want to do this. And then I just started doing it. I was just like everybody else. I didn't know how to get started. I didn't, I actually like 10, 15 years easily, Amy, where I had it in the back of my head I want to do VO, but I don't know how. And then just did all this other stuff because I didn't know how to do it. And podcasting, which we all love, is one of the things that kind of pushed me towards trying to find that answer because I'm like, Definitely. okay, now I'm used to hearing my own voice, editing, doing all this audio stuff. has got to be similar to this in some way. I've got to be able to bridge this, take this jump some kind of way. Sure. And you can't. And it's so funny because like, full circle moment, I was thinking about this when I knew we were going to do this um, interview. And I'm like, you know what? Not only did I meet Amy at a podcasting conference, podcast movement, it was a second year podcast movement, I believe. But when I, the thing that got me set off to start voiceover in my adulthood was a session that you were in, you moderated the speaker. Her name was Carrie Olson. You introduced her in the session and she was talking about how to do voiceover. Voice And that was like big 2016. And I'm like, or 2015, 2016. And I was like, yeah, I want to do this. And Carrie Olson, if you don't know her, she's this little black woman. You know, she's very sweet, very, very, you know, calm and everything, but she coaches e-learning voiceover and um, she knows what she's talking about. And um, I actually ended up meeting her again at other conferences after that. So it's like, you know, full circle moment there. It's like, you can start with something and then you have to like take some steps. You know what I mean? Just, just try it out. Just see what happens. Everyone's path is going to be a little bit different, but you know, share information. I am a part of a mastermind group. We meet every month. Maybe there might be one month of the summer where we skip because everybody's everywhere, but typically every month and there's five or six of us, And we talk about the voiceover business, but we also talk about our lives and stuff and whatever else we feel like talking about. And you need that. You need a support group. You need a community in some kind of way, whether it's, you know, using an online social media group or something like what we do on Skype. You need a community to support you, whether you're like full on in the business or you're just trying to figure out what you want to do next. You need that community
1: hundred percent. I, I think it's people who understand what you're trying to do and have that same mentality because your family will love you. Your family will support you, but they don't understand. Right. So you can't really go to them. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting place. And Carrie is a fan, a friend of the show. She's been on just like you. She's awesome. She really is. Doreen, before I let you go, I got to ask the question. So hold on. <laughs> to be intentional all right we're gonna get intentional with this specifically what is one thing you would tell dream chasers to do today to chase their dreams
0: the one thing that i would say and this is so crazy because i just told y'all i'm not patient but i'm not patient with other people be patient with yourself Mm. be patient with yourself you know you might try to do something or start chasing a dream and it seems like everything is getting in the way you know, work is calling, the kids are calling, you know, things are happening in the family that are out of your control. Things are going to happen. It's life. But don't let that stop you. Be patient with it. You're, you're not on a time schedule. I know some people have five-year plans, 10-year plans. This is where I'm going to be, where I'm 30, when I'm 40, when I'm 50. This is where I'm going to be. And that's great. But you don't have to make a time-stamped plan for your dream. I do think it's important to not just say whatever, but you also can be patient with yourself and say, you know what, this didn't happen in the last six months or, the, or in 2021 or 2020 the way I wanted it to. But it's going to happen. If I want it to happen, it's going to happen. You know what I mean? And if anything, those obstacles that seem to be popping up, to me, that's a sign that you're on the right path, actually. It's a sign, in my opinion, that, maybe you should continue on because there's some forces in this world that don't want us to be happy and fulfilled. So just continue on, be steadfast, commit to your happiness and be patient with yourself.
1: Well, shoot, I can't say wrap it up better than that. DeRay, you are amazing. I'm so glad we were able to reconnect and get you back on the show. How can these guys find you to learn more about you or to connect if they want?
0: Yes. You can find me on any, whatever social media platform I'm on, I use all the same handles. So whether it's Twitter, Instagram, wherever I'm at, it's the same, which is at Yuri Allen, D-A-R-E-E-A-L-L-E-N. It is, uh, this month is like really hyped up for Valentine's Day and self-love day is actually the day before that. So I'm going to just throw a shout out. I have a free resource about 10 ways to know that you love yourself. And that is at kickingitwithdoree.com. There's a little um, menu at the top that says resources. And that's where all my free resources are. But I mean, my show is there. A whole bunch of stuff is you can find at kickingitwithdoree.com. So thanks, Amy, for having me and for like chatting it out with me.
1: <laughs> Thank you. And there you have it, Dream Chasers. That was Doree Nieves. I love her. I do. I'm so glad I was able to get her back on the show. Did you catch all those nuggets of wisdom? Did you? If not, they are all over on the show notes page, which you can find at amyj21.com slash episode 254. That's episode 254. All right, Dream Chasers, until next time, remember, don't stop, keep chasing. That's it for this episode. And now it's time for you to take action. You got this. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing it with your friends.